The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss Campbell fighting Dodo Birds and Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. Today we are continuing our conference previews for the 2023-24 college basketball season. We've already done the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, Big 12. If you missed them, go find them. Now we're turning our attention to the Big East, a league that UConn coach Dan Hurley has predicted will be the nation's best conference this season. Deadleg, let's start there. you agree with Dan Hurley? He's the coach of the reigning national champions. He's a Hurley brother. Do you Um, agree with Dan Hurley? Do you agree? I think we got a chance. I think he's got a chance that that's accurate. And the reason why I think he's got a chance is the the population of this conference. So you've got probably four schools that have real hopes to be Sweet 16 or better kind of teams and potentially occupy more weeks inside the AP Top 25 than not. Um, If you're in a stout Big East uh, follower, you know the schools, but if not, well, you'll just have to wait as we run down the thing. Obviously, UConn is one of them, but also we have, you know, the Big 12 is inflating and the Big 12 has been the best league. GP is on record saying he thinks the SEC will be the best league in the country. We're going to do our SEC show on Friday, but the more teams that you have in a conference, the more likely, you know, if everyone is flo- is bloated to 16 and 18 teams, then obviously water will find its level there. But the Big East, you know, the Big 12's got 14. The SEC has 14. The Big Ten has 14 for one more year. Pac-12 obviously has 12. And the ACC has 15. The Big East has only 11 teams. So if the likes of... Like if Xavier doesn't fall too far off, if Providence finds its stride in year one under Kim English, if St. John's immediately is a factor nationally, and you even get, say, Butler or DePaul slightly improved, there is a there is a healthy chance that the Big East could could wind up being rated as the best league heading in. Uh, Ken Tom predicts it to be the fourth best per his algorithm, and the uh, the human poll I believe had had Ken Pom, Ken Palm's human poll uh, I think had the Big East number two. 
So uh, based on the opinion of people that care enough to subscribe to Ken Palm and New to vote into the, that thing for for the Stars season, they've got a decent chance. I don't think it'll be the case, but I think the Big East has an excellent, excellent, excellent chance at being a top three league in the country. And I don't think two is all that uh, unreasonable to forecast either. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. You know, we'll see. But uh, based on, you know, pre the, the way you would gauge things in the preseason, um, I would bet against the Big East grading out as the best league in the country. Uh, for uh, some context, there are four top 25 Ken Palm teams in the Big East heading into this season. They have eight of their 11 in the top 60. That's good. Mm-hmm. But Butler, DePaul, Georgetown are all outside of the top 95. So three of the 11 are outside of the top 95. For some additional context, understand the Big 12 has 14 schools, none outside of the top 75. SEC has 14 schools, none outside of the top 85. But again, three of the Big East 11 are outside of the top 95 at Kid Bob. That's a problem if you're trying to grade out as the best league in the country, but it's mostly a preseason problem. We'll see what happens once we start playing games. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun year in this league. I handled the Big East preview for .com, um, and I just find this league to have the most uh, abundant abundance of, of good storylines and interesting teams and players to watch uh, up and down th- throughout the league. Uh, I cannot wait. And the fact that you also have the reigning national champion adds even that much more juice to it. The Big East obviously got just a blast of uh, a publicity back in back in late March, early April when it was able to bring on Rick Pitino. And then you had Ed Cooley switching from Providence to Georgetown, which has ignited a rivalry that will that might outlast the, the sun. <laughs> I mean, it is it has created a new level of of actual hatred uh, and 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 perhaps uh, fans are taking that a bit too seriously up in providence but providence fans you're out of your minds and we do love you for that um and then of course you got kim english taking over at providence as well uh in addition to uconn winning the title marquette being a really really good team creighton bringing back a lot and uh and nova we'll see if it can get back i've got my five storylines gp you ready for them i will be oh, oh i will be but first Oh, I got to get a word from my partner. Yeah. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Dad, like what are the five biggest storylines in the Big East heading into this season? 
you know, I could have gone with 10 for this one. This this was the one league. Well, where, I ain't got uh, that kind of time. We're not doing 10. I got five. I'm just saying I could have gone 10. All right. I could have gone 10. Number one is, does UConn stay in the conversation to repeat for the entire season? And how you know, tied to that topic, if you will, is the health of Donovan Klingon and his foot. He had a foot strain in late September and is still targeted to return in time for the season opener for the Huskies. We'll see if that's the case. Um, ultimately, you want to make sure that he is, you know, and it just, there are no questions. UConn opens against Northern Arizona and Stonehill and Mississippi Valley State before it goes and plays Indiana on November 19th. Um, if Indiana is, okay. hasn't finished in the top 25 at Kim no strays, no strays, no strays for the Hoosiers on the Big East episode. I just remind you. Keep it focused or I'm going to go to 10 storylines. Okay, I'll stay focused. Okay, thank you. If Klingon is 97% for the Northern Arizona game, you sit him. If he's 99% for Stonehill, you sit him. Wait until he's 100%. And if that means, you know, ramp him up against Mississippi Valley State, I guess supposedly you do that. But we'll see for UConn. And if they can remain in that conversation, they're a preseason top 10 team. AP Top 25 came out after we did our Monday episode. UConn is ranked sixth, I believe, in the debut edition of the AP poll. Storyline number two, Patino's impact year one at St. John's. Will he get the Red Storm to the NCAA tournament? I Listeners to the podcast in the offseason are aware of Gary Parrish's stance on this. He will repeat that stance later on in the show. Um, I think St. John's has some pretty decent variants ahead. I think its ceiling could be as good as fourth in the league, and I think its floor could be as low as 10th. Um, I don't think it's going to finish 10th, but it is year one. There was a big roster turnover. St. John's historically has just not been a factor in this league and nationally, but Patino's there, and there's going to be immense interest. We'll see if in the early going, he can have Deion Sanders-like effect, even though obviously those aren't complete uh, analog situations. Storyline number three, Marquette has never repeated as a league champion in either the regular season or in conference tournament play, it's going to aim to do both of those this season. Tyler Kolick was the CBSSports.com pick for preseason player of the year. GP and I will give our individual selections for that at the end of the show, as we do for every conference tournament. Shaka Smart has found has found his absolute calling in Milwaukee and has Marquette where it is also similar to UConn, not just a factor nationally, but a national championship contender. The Golden Eagles bring back all but one player of severe impact. They lost Omax Prosper to the NBA draft. Uh, we'll see if they can do something that's ever been done before and repeat either as regular season champion or win a back-to-back conference tournament title. Storyline number four, let's see, let's see what's going to happen here with Villanova. You know, Villanova in year one under Kyle Neptune was an afterthought. It was... It did not go the way that anyone thought it would go. And even for the skeptics that went into last season, wondering if Villanova would truly be a tournament team or not, this team went 17 and 17. It opened last season two and five and just was never able to regain its footing. Although it did get some momentum down the stretch in the regular season last year, it got blown out in the Big East tournament and then uh, lost at Liberty in the NIT there. So Kyle Neptune now who had, you know, a first round pick and Cam Whitmore, he's gone. They do bring back uh, some important pieces there, but can Nova return to being at, you know, at the big boy table in this league? And then storyline number five, I don't think Georgetown's going to be good, but I think Ed Cooley just coaching that program is, is big enough for that to be the fifth storyline. How will the Hoyas look under him in year one? And how long will it take him to get Georgetown into the tournament? Will he eventually ever get Georgetown into the tournament? He obviously took the job because he thinks that's going to happen. First off, that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard. Questioning whether Ed Cooley will get Georgetown to the NCAA tournament. That's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard. Have you seen what's happened with Georgetown lately? 
Yeah, but it's at Cooley. I think he can do it, but it's going to take time. So, Ed Cooley is in the NCAA tournament at Georgetown in what year? This is year one. We both say no. Yep. What year? Um, I'll say year four. I'll say year two. Year two? I believe in Ed Cooley. I'm sorry you don't. I believe him. I believe in him on a delayed timeline. I believe in Ed Cooley immediately. I, I my my belief in Ed Cooley is always immediate. I think he's going to be good at Georgetown, and I hope someday. And listen, I'm not trying to tell fans how to feel. You can't do that, right? Um, it doesn't work because um, I'm an outsider and I don't understand. That's what they'll tell you immediately, right? I, I hope someday they can appreciate him. Um, I understand right now it's tough. I got it. I'm not. I'm not saying he deserves a stand or, or will get a standing ovation this season. I just hope someday he can go back there and they can think about the good times and celebrate him. He was a wonderful coach for a wonderful basketball program. And then he, he simply did what most of us do in our careers, which is um, do what he believed in that moment was the best thing for his career and for his family. I, 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 I stopped a long time ago questioning people when they change jobs. Um, and I know that makes me the, um, in the minority among sports fans, but, um, I, I I don't know. I don't like I don't like the idea that he was uh, so beloved in his hometown. And now that's not that's not real simply because not simply because I don't ever want to make this simple, but in part because he changed addresses. But that is the case. And and it's going to create uh, a musty environment later this season when Villanova, uh, I mean, Villanova, when Georgetown goes to Providence and that that'll be in uh, in late January. Any other thoughts on the storylines? Well, just, uh, um, I do believe UConn will will uh, present itself as a legitimate contender to to go back to back. Obviously, I'm not predicting that. Um, but like if we're putting together a list of 10 to 15 teams in February that could win the national championship, I would expect at this point that that UConn would be on it. And to answer a question uh, that you asked uh, while popping through those. Yes, I do believe Rick Patino will be in the NCAA tournament in year one at, at St. John's. I, I think he is still one of the very best coaches in the sport. Um, obviously, one of the all-time greats. I think still operating at an extremely high level. And he doesn't have the best roster in the Big East. I don't know that he's got one of the 20, 25, even 35 best rosters in college basketball. But he's got one that's good enough. And he's great. And they'll be there. He is great. It's going to be a big climb in year one, but if he hit it in the portal, then they've got a really good chance. And we'll, uh, we'll tell you where we think St. John's is going to land in the biggie standings in just a moment. Cause we got to get to our projected one through 11 for the Big East. All right. So, uh, dead leg, uh, the Big East got five schools in the NCAA tournament last season. Marquette was a two seed. Xavier was a three. UConn a four. So, yes, there were two Big East teams seated better than the Big East school that won the national championship. Creighton got a six. Providence got an 11. The Big East this season, going to get fewer than five, more than five, exactly five teams in the 2024 NCAA tournament. I'm going to say exactly five. I think Ooh. it'll match. Uh, I'll, I'll reveal. Not that. only do you not believe in Ed Cooley, you don't believe in the Big East. You think having five out of 11 is not believing? Really? Yeah, I don't think that's believing. I think it's believing just plenty. Oh, yeah. I think you're coming across as a non-believer. <laughs> okay. You strike me as a non-believer. 
So you've got more. You've got what? Eight? Seven. Whoo! Do you think seven out of 11 Big East teams are going to the tournament? You better. I'm sorry for believing in Ed Cooley in the Big East. You better walk back. Your SEC is going to be the best league in the country then. You, you think seven out of 11 is better than the SCs getting uh, nine out of 14? <laughs> I know I can just do the math on that and figure it out. <laughs> Let's do the, do the math. I don't, I don't want to. GP. Do the math. Hey, if I have to make it 10 out of 14, I will. I can do it just like that. Whatever right, I need to do, I can do 11 while we're at it. I can just do if I want. I'll go 12 out of 14. Okay. I'll put South we'll Carolina in the tournament. Gamecock stance in 2024. Heard it here first. <laughs> You've got seven. Why don't you run down? Let's switch it up. You run down how you think this league is going to shake out in the regular season, one through 11. Okay. I've got Marquette winning it. And I know, I know UConn's higher in the computers. Uh, I just think when you return basically everybody from a team that won your league and won your league tournament, I just think that you've got to be the favorite heading into the next season. They've got the best point guard in the in the Big East in Tyler Cullen. They've got a tremendous score next to him. My little homie from Memphis, Cam Jones. Um, I think Marquette wins the league. Back-to-back, Shaka Smart becomes your Big East Coach of the Year once again. I've got UConn second, and I've got Creighton third. Now, to be clear, I've got all three of those schools in the top 10. So Marquette, UConn, Creighton, I've got them sixth, eighth, and ninth in the top 25 and one, all in the top 10. That's one, two, three in the Big East. Most people believe that it will be one of those three schools that emerges as your uh, regular season Big East champion. After that, I do have Villanova. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, year one, replacing Jay Wright was uh, bumpy, to say the least, for Kyle Neptune. But he he did enough this offseason to, I think, um, create a roster that's that's good enough to, to have a bounce back year. I've got Villanova 24th in the top 25 and one. Obviously, I think they're going to the NCAA tournament. If you care, they're 23rd at Ken Palm. Kyle Neptune gets the Wildcats back into the NCAA tournament in year two at Villanova. After that, I've got St. John's fifth in the Big East, 25th in the top 25 and one. Um, I just, hey, I apologize for believing in Ed Cooley and Rick Patina. All right. But I do. I think Rick's in the NCAA tournament in year one at St. John's. After that, I've got, I got Providence in sixth. I think Kim English gets the Friars to the NCAA tournament. Uh, in year one, replacing Ed Cooley. And then seven, I've got Xavier, the 34th at Ken Palm. That projects as an NCAA tournament team. Those would be my seven teams from the Big East that make the NCAA tournament. Marquette, UConn, Creighton, Villanova, St. John's, Providence, Xavier. I got Seton Hall, NIT bound, and then Georgetown, Butler, and DePaul. Um, you know, whatever other tournaments we're doing now these days, they can play in one of those. Yeah, you've always hated that motto, haven't you? Oh, me and yeah. Thad's rivalry goes back decades. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was the case there. Uh, I've got. Me, I love Thad Mata. In fact, you ready? You ready for this? I, I don't that. even know anybody who doesn't love Thad Mata. I know you. <laughs> I've got Marquette number one as well. I've got Creighton two. I've got UConn three. Got Nova, and I'll do a quick. My God, one. you don't believe in Dan Hurley or Ed Cooley? Okay, um, I've got Nova four. St. John's five. And then I think Xavier at six is going to narrowly miss the tournament. I've got Providence seven. I've got Butler eight. Seton Hall nine. DeBall ten. Ed Cooley and Georgetown occupying the cellar in year one in the Big East. Um, I think also Godaro is going to have a huge, huge season for Marquette. 
And I do like uh, Tyler Kolek's chances to potentially repeat, although he is not my pick to win Big East Player of the Year. Um, I'd keep an eye on Tristan Newton at UConn because I think Alex Caravan is going to have a nice sophomore season. I think Klingon will make a big jump, although I'm a little bit skeptical that Klingon is going to go from what he was last season to being one of the 10 most important players in the sport. I think it's possible, but I'm not convinced that, you know, in more than half of UConn's games this season, uh, you might see, you know, Stefan Castle or Tristan Newton, who I think is going to be so pivotal to UConn's chances to win the league and to get a one, two or three seed again. I've got them near. I basically, I think Creighton and UConn are about equal. Creighton yet again has an awesome starting five. Now they lost Ryan Nemhard, but they bring over this transfer that within the program has such lofty expectations. Steven Ashworth, who's a really, really good uh, perimeter shooter. He will run the floor. Uh, you'll probably have Baylor Shireman doing a little bit of the offense as well. Trey Alexander is a stud. They've got Kalkbrenner in the middle who might be the best defensive player in the, in the country, uh, let alone the conference there. We'll see how he grows and develops even more this season. And then Mason Miller is, uh, is a sophomore who I expect to get a lot of burn this season and really be a really good player there. I don't know if Creighton has a ton of depth. It didn't really have a lot of depth last year, GP, but that didn't seem to much matter. As long as Kalkbrenner doesn't get mono again for a second straight season, it should be a little bit better. In the non-conference, you you need to focus. Hey, you need to stop worrying about Klingon's health and focus on yourself a little bit. Oh, I'm Kalkbrenner, Kalkbrenner's health. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting through it for the listeners here. Okay, you need you. Hey, I'm I'm less concerned about Ryan Kalkbrenner's health than I am yours at this point. For all I know, I have mono. Although, can you get mono again after you had it? I got mono when I was like 13. Oh yeah, I think you, you can. can. Yeah, I'm probably you can get mono whenever you want to. Whenever you want, yeah. Just got to go out and look for it. Okay. Um, Nova. Okay. Justin Moore is back. I think Justin Moore is your semi-dark horse pick to win Big East player of the year. Mark Armstrong is going to be, I think, one of the the biggest jumpers in this league in terms of production year over year. So if you aren't too familiar with Armstrong, super heady player, can play the one or the two. And those two players will, uh, Armstrong and Justin Moore will, will kind of guide the way. But I think Dixon's going to be massive. And then there's a lot of hope and expectation for TJ Bomba from Washington State and then Tyler Burton, who was nearly a 20-point game of guy at, uh, at, uh, at Richmond last season. And then with St. John's, you know, they, they bring back Joel Soriano, and his return, I think, is huge. I, I think it, having him back gives them a viable shot at top five status in the league. And then Patino brought over Dennis Jenkins from Iona. Jordan Dingle out of Penn should be uh, a pretty prominent scorer. And then Chris Ledlam from Harvard is another good scorer. They also have Simeon, Simeon Wilcher, a former Carolina commit, who should be one of the, the two or three best freshmen in the league. Um, but, you know, you do have guys that are that are a part of this roster. And they got Naheem Aline, who was on UConn last season, was a, was, a, was a role player there. But guys from Penn and UMass and Iona and Harvard there. So let's see if they can all collectively make the big jump and really become a factor. I'm, I'm a believer. I got him, uh, I got him fifth overall. Kyle in the chat brings up something that I wanted to ask you about, and it's about Donovan Klingon, who I believe in, you believe in. I think we both voted him a preseason All-American, but he is a consensus preseason All-American after being a role player for obviously a great team last season. But you don't often see people who are role players in one year um, projected across the board as all Americans heading into the following season. Kyle wonders in the chat if the 
if the hype has gone too far? What would you tell Kyle if you I were talking to Kyle fair. right now? If the hype, if the hype is that Klingon is going to be, is he really going to be one of the ten best players in the country after being last year? I don't know. Like we got to do our top one hundred one players, and uh, I'm in the process of assembling my list. I haven't settled on where I'm going to have Klingon, but he's not. I don't have him in my top eight right now. So just because it's a huge, huge jump, and he's got good players around him, um, and there's the foot thing. So I, I, I'm hoping that he, you know, he plays when he once he starts playing. It's as if he never even got injured in the preseason. But I just don't know. Now he was a really good player who thrived last season because of how specifically how he was used, and he was something of a relief pitcher after you know running Sonogo out there for for 27 minutes a game. So I, I think that's a fair and valid question to ask GP. Yeah, um, I, I think, listen, I wouldn't have pulled, if I didn't think he was going to be great, I wouldn't have listed him as a uh, preseason All-American. I, I'm not sure exactly where I had him. I know it wasn't first. T- I think it was probably third. Um, but, you know, I, I understand why people might wonder if the hype has swung a little too far in, in a certain direction because it, it just take clinging out of it. This is true. You don't normally see in college basketball somebody who averaged fewer than seven points a game in 13 minutes per game be projected the following year to be an All-American. To be clear, there are people who are role players who then emerge as All-Americans once the season starts, and we are all watching it, but they're not normally thought of that way. So this is an unusual uh, not unprecedented, but but certainly unique situation with Klingon where, you know, again, after playing 13 minutes a game and averaging fewer than seven points last season, people now think he's going to be, in, in some cases, one of the top five to ten players in the country. I'm not ruling it out. I just I understand, again, why some people might uh, might be skeptical, as always. We'll, we'll see. Um, we're going to have a player of the year and a freshman of the year. In the Big oh, East. Hold on, hold on. What? I didn't get through the rest of the teams yet. Oh, I didn't think we cared about them. Listen, my son might have sneezed right in my face 48 hours ago, and now I'm feeling the effects of it, but I'm going to get through every damn team on this. Preview. You also, you, you worried about Ryan Cockbrenner. You're the one that can't get I mean, through I'm, the podcast. I was getting my kid ready for bed, and he had a little bit of a stuffed up situation. I'm putting his PJs on, and it just sneezes right in my face. Yeah. And I was like, I'm done. And, and lo and behold, it's just taking me out, man. Taking me out. Yeah. All right. Continue. Providence at six. Bryce Hopkins is back. Dark horse pick for player of the year. Maybe not even a dark horse. He'll be a major factor. There was a point last year where it looked like Bryce Hopkins was going to be the player of the year. That's fair. And I think he's got a really good shot. I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to be proven wrong. If Bryce Hopkins is the player of the year, <clears throat> Providence being six is probably not going to be right. And Providence, I have you have Providence in. I don't. Um, you will be right if Bryce Hopkins is player of the year. They, got a, they also got a freshman, Garway Duel, who is going to be awesome and is a ton of fun. Devin Carter's back. To help run the uh, run the offense, and then Josh Oduro comes over by way of George Mason, where Kim English coached last season. Providence is good. Um, I've got them first or second team out of the tournament there, so it's it's very fine margin here. But uh, but uh, I hold myself to account. What do you want from me? I've got uh, Xavier. I've got uh, we've got Providence six. I've got Xavier six. Providence seven. Xavier does not have Zach Fremantle and doesn't have Jerome Hunter. Now his injury hasn't been disclosed. Normally, when a coach doesn't disclose an injury, normally that has something to do with um, <clears throat> cardiovascular issues here. So not having them both for this season, at least not expected to, is really what dings Xavier after losing a ton. Now, they will have Desmond Claude back, and I think he'll be 
one of the best uh, sophomores in the league. But I just don't think that X is going to have enough. Sean Miller's a terrific coach, and some coach can overcome the obstacles. He can, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not so certain that uh, that Xavier is going to have enough to to break on through. Seton Hall at eight. Um, they've got a good backcourt, but I just. I don't. There's a lot of turnover here. Kadari Richmond's back, Alamir Dawes is back, and then uh, Dylan Adewusu comes over from St. John's. So they've got like I like that three court attack, but I don't know. It's it's hard for me to justify getting Seton Hall higher than the seven or eight mark. Um, Butler, I think, because it's Thad Mata, Pasha Alexander comes over from St. John's. We'll see if he can be truly impactful. They've got a UC Irvine transfer, DJ Davis, who will need to be one of the best three-point shooters in the Big East in order to give Butler a chance. I think Butler can be the spoiler in the, our Big East preview. I labeled them as the most likely team to uh, to exceed expectations, and a lot of that is basically due to Thad Mata, who until his two most recent coaching campaigns last year and then his last one at Ohio State, had never had <clears throat> sub-500 seasons. And, uh, and so... You know, either he's hit a new stage in his career where this is just going to be the reality, or he's going to find his groove that he had for the majority of his career because he has one of the best winning percentages of any coach in college basketball history. And then DePaul and Georgetown. Uh, DePaul, you know, it's DePaul at this point. We, I, I, I would love to see DePaul actually give us reasons to talk about them, you know, consistently throughout a season, but they just got to prove it. Deshaun Didn't Nelson. We have a moment a few years ago was, where DePaul was, was a thing for a minute. I think it was one episode. Yeah. God, that was fun. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. But um, And I like them to finish 10th. They got Deshaun Nelson and Elijah Fisher uh, contributing, and I think they'll do well. And then Georgetown, <coughs> excuse me, um, I don't know. We'll just see. Like I, I talked with Ed Cooley on the record in July at Peach Jam, and he, even he acknowledged, and he's, he said so since on the record, and Big East Media Days next week, I'll be down there. Um, he knows that this is going to take, this is going to take some time. Um, which isn't to say that they can't, you know, pop off an upset here or there in his first season, but to just completely, you know, uproot a program with such great history and try and get it moving. Um, I, I just think it's, I think it's the biggest project in the league this season. So I default, I, uh, I picked, uh, the Hoyas and Cooley in in the, in the 11 spot in the caboose. And, uh, and I even think that Ed would be understanding of that prediction. I do. If Ed Cooley, we're going to be upset about something today. It would not be that you predicted them last this season. Is that it would be that you predicted them needing four years to get to the NCAA tournament. Oh, he's gonna be furious. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be it's up over. your ass. It's oh yeah, it's over for me. Oh, it's over for you. Yeah. I think Ed, I think if you told Ed you were gonna he hey, I think you're gonna finish last this season, he might he goes, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Hey, I think you're gonna need four years for you to get back to the NCAA tournament. I think he'd I think he'd roll his eyes at you. Might do more than that. I think you'd be met with an eye roll. I think you'd be met with an eye roll from Ed Cooley. Hey, you want to talk about the player of the year and the freshman of the year? Is now the time? Don't now let me ju- don't let me skip ahead. You want five more storylines? Do you ha- do you have them? Let's go player of the year. But first, it's a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Tyler Kolick's your reigning Big East Player of the Year. Yeah, yes. He is back in the Big East for the team that you predict to win the Big East. You really going to make this more complicated than it needs to be? I am. <laughs> you know me. My ballot- the reigning Big East player of the year is back playing for a school that you think is going to win the Big East, but somebody else is going to be the Big East player of the year. Let's hear yeah, it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think Ryan Kalkbrenner is going to win Big East player. Oh, you're just you're back in the other sick guy. I am. I know yeah. how this I works. Like- messages in the chat indicate you can't catch mono a second time you are not punishing tyler i bet i could i bet i could anyone can you're the guy i bet i could give me give me one weekend give me one good weekend i could catch mono twice i need one good weekend oh man i see what's going on here punishing tyler kolick because he remains healthy siding with ryan cockbrenner there are some who shouldn't have even won biggies player of the year last season i'm not one of those people but I think Kolick's going to have an outstanding season. He was my number two pick on my ballot. I think Kalkbrenner is going to be a monster this season. I think he will be the best big in the Big East. I think Creighton will push Marquette. They could wind up with the same damn record in the Big East for all for all I know. And because of that, um, yeah, I think I think Kalkbrenner is going to be a guy who averages eighteen points, eleven boards two and a half blocks and as an undeniable force. And because of that, he is going to be biggies player of the year. And I think he will be a, I think if he's not a first team, all American, he's the first guy on the second team, all American. So Kalkbrenner is my pick over Kolick. And then I put Klingon third, uh, but you could, I think for that, that third spot, you could go, <clears throat> you could go Klingon. You could go Tristan Newton. You could go Trey Alexander. You could go Baylor Shireman. You could go Justin Moore. Uh, you could obviously go Bryce Hopkins. There's a lot of guys in contention for that. And I almost I almost went Hopkins uh, and more, but I ultimately said, well, if UConn's going to be a top three team and I'll buy into Klingon, I put Klingon third. When talking about Cogbrenner and what he might be this year, you have to always have the disclaimer. As long as he doesn't get kissing cooties. You don't because you can't catch it again. I could. I'm going off of what they said in the chat. And I, I'd long heard that. So I think that was the case. But if give you want to roll with good, it, give me, get, Hey, free me up for one weekend. Free me up for one weekend. I could get mono twice. Get mono three times. Free me up for one weekend. You got Tyler Kolek, don't you? Yeah. Well, yes. What are we doing? It'd be like if I said, Zach Eadie's back at Purdue. It's I think Purdue's like going to win actually. the Big Ten. It's not like that. There's more competition in this conference. It's not like that at all. There's more competition in this conference than there is for Zach Eadie in the nation. Correct. Yeah. The yes. Big East creates more competition than the for nation. Its player, for its player of the year, then yeah, than Eadie. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying Zach Eadie to repeat as national player yes. of the year. I understand what you're saying. He's competing against the it's entire be nation. It's tougher for Kolick to repeat as Big East player of the year than it will be for Zach Eady to repeat as national player of the year. That's right. That, that's a wild thing to say. It's, but it's true. 
I don't think that's true. I do think it's true. Market or Nada, put the poll up right now. I, I if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Put the poll up in the chat right now. It if can't be harder to win Big East Player of the Year than what it is, is to win National Player of the Year. Kolek to repeat as Big East Player of the Year or Edie to repeat as National Player of the Year. I want to I want to see what our YouTube viewers vote in. And before we get out of here, tell us tell us the result. Maybe I'll be wrong. But first, a word. No. <laughs> I think that's a wild thing to say. That it's harder to win Big East Player of the Year than it is National Player of the Year. Last season. Ridiculous. You think, I mean, Zach, you think Zach Eady's going to get worse? How is it harder to win Big East Player of the Year when your biggest competition might go down with the kissing cooties? Kolik is your one. Who do you have two and three? Tell me you got Kalkbrenner too. Let me. Oh, you got Kalkbrenner too. I right got Kalkbrenner too. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. And I've got uh, Donovan Klingon at three. We got someone in the chat saying Kolik will repeat. Edie will not. I disagree with. That. I think they'll both repeat. But but I but I admit I admit I, I've noticed this. I have a real blind spot for just assuming things are going to go the way they're supposed to go. That's right. I'm constantly just be. I'm constantly like, why wouldn't he? Yeah, he already did it. Why wouldn't he do it again? You look up. You're like, well, that didn't happen. And then he just. And then I'm like, well, you know, that didn't work out so well, Oscar Sheepway. It did not. And I told you last year, but I'm not I'm not like that with Edie. I think that Edie's gonna repeat. It's a different situation. Freshman of the year. We got the same guy. It's the only it's the only pick heading in. So watch us be wrong. It's Colin Castle, Yukon. It's gotta yeah. be the pick. I mean, he's, he's the highest awesome. rated dude for the reigning national champs. That's gotta be the guy. Really Except fun for whatever player. reason last yeah. year you didn't subscribe yeah. to this theory when it came to the Houston Cougars. Hmm? You took the less heralded freshman last year. I did. I was wrong. Hey, it happens, man. It happens to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. Coach of the year. Shaka Smart. Rick Pitino gets St. John's to the tournament year one. He's not going to be coach of the year in the Big East. Come on now. Uh, that that th- That is one that where I'm happen. willing to talk that about will it. That will happen. That's one where I'm willing to talk about it because that's not just you overachieved relative to expectations. That is, you took a job and flipped it. You took a job and flipped it in from bad to good, just like that. That that is coach. That is where I make an exception for somebody finished fifth in the league. Should they really be coach of the year? If you take like like um like what Jerome Tang did last year, that was coach of the year worthy. He didn't win his league. But he took a terrible situation and made it really good immediately. Um, I would let's let's say this plays out exactly the way I projected to play out. Marquette wins which, the league, which won't happen. But continue. Marquette wins the league. St. John's finishes in the top five and makes the NCAA tournament comfortably. What do I do for Coach of the Year? That's tough. I think I would lean towards Shaka Smart, but I would be open to. You've always hated Marquette. You're not voting Shaka Smart in that. Case. I would be open to to considering the coach of the fifth place, St. John's Red Storm. Um, couple notes here. Uh, we got someone in the chat, Kyle, saying if Sean Miller gets Xavier to the tourney, it's not out of the question. Uh, I would agree, but you can't have Patino in the tournament in that equation, and maybe a little bit of a tighter race at the top. Um, also speaking of Xavier, Jimmy 
Jimmy Dolan, owner of the Knicks, is apparently in our chat right now. Uh, did mention Trey Green. He's Xavier's freshman. He's really good. I had Stefan Castle one, Simeon Wilcher two, Trey Green at Xavier three. Those will probably be your three best freshmen in the conference there. My coach of the year is going to be <sighs> Patino because I think St. John's is going to get to the tournament. Although it would be an, an outrageous accomplishment for Shaka Smart. If the Johnnies are dancing, he's winning. It's as simple as that. Uh, transfer of the year. Do you have a pick? Transfer of the year. I can give you some names. I I, I got names. I hadn't even thought about it, though. Well, but we should. And I think you suggested this in Slack. We should probably start having a transfer. I, I think it's a viable uh, it's a viable category moving forward because there are, whereas we didn't before we had maybe seven transfers that mattered, you know, eight years ago. Now there are so many that I think identifying who we think the most impactful transfer in a conference or nationally, I think is a thing moving forward. Can I go Stephen Ashworth? Is that a reasonable answer? It is a reasonable answer. And long as we keep him away from that Kalkbrenner, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. going to need to wear a mask around that Kalkbrenner. Marquette. Does not have transfers for the second straight season, so we'll see if that pays off. Cam Spencer at UConn is a candidate from Rutgers. Ashworth at Creighton is a, is a candidate. You've got Bamba and Burton. Even I don't think Hakeem, Car Hakeem Hart from Maryland will be in there, but uh, those two guys, you've got, damn, the entire St. John's roster. Uh, Oduro at Providence will also be a, a big factor there. I'm going to say... I'm going to say TJ Bamba winds up being the most impactful transfer in the Big East this season. And uh, because he is involved with Villanova, he'll have them comfortably in the single-digit seed conversation. Uh, but there's a lot of good ones in the, in, in the league this season. It would be Ashworth for me, if not for them having Kalkbrenner, Shireman, and Alexander doing so much already. One last thing. Um, Kyle in the chat asks, is Georgetown at Providence the Big East game of the year? Uh, probably not in terms of like, the, who cares about the result of it too much outside of those fan bases, but it'll be the scene of the year. That'll be the scene of the year, right? In the regular season. It will be that game. You'll have nothing Saturday. else in the regular season that looks like that. Yeah, Whatever that it looks be on like. Saturday, January 27th at Providence. That will uh, almost definitely be a night game. They might need to shut off liquor sales by the under 16 of the first half. It'll be a lot like Chris Beer going back to Texas Tech, right? Yeah, and that was pretty hostile. That was um, wild. That was pretty. Uh, that was pretty big. Someone, by the way, in the chat, Jimmy Dolan, owner of the Knicks. We love to have you here. Um, thanks for opening the sphere in Vegas. Uh, he says uh, Jordan Dingle. He's another really good. He's another really good candidate there. Nada. What is the voter return right now more likely to happen? Kolick wins Big East, or is Edie wins National Player of the Year? What do we got? Kolick. When it Kolick is winning this at a 70% clip. Wow. So that, I mean, the vote, the viewers have spoken. They side with Gary Parrish. It's just, it's just harder to win a national. It is historically. That is true. Although in politics, it's not necessarily true. You, you could be a candidate who would have a better shot winning a national election than your own state election. Yeah. Those things don't seem to really. The analogs, but yes, I know, but it just popped into my head. I don't. Hey, sorry for trying to be well rounded. It's all right. I I think that Edie's got a better chance to repeat than Kolick does in the Big East. That's just my, yeah. Norland, you can't do that. We got some people in chat saying they're interpreting the 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 question incorrectly. No, I can't read the question, what, but I would I was just gonna say Kolick 
winning is, is basically they're agreeing with you, Norlander. Oh, okay. Well, then they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, then they they absolutely know what they're talking the about. The chat's outrageous. No, the chat. I I, I thought that I, I we have a smart viewership and listeners. No, we don't. I thought that was that's not true at all. Yeah, I thought that was the case. So seventy thirty in favor of me, as it should be. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, the chat yes. has gone from. I, I used to respect the chat. I don't know if you ever did. I've never respected the chat. You've never respected the chat. I used to respect the chat, but that's over. They said we got Dave in the chat saying that Edie is at plus one seventy five to repeat. That's crazy odds to win National Player of the Year back to back. That's wild. If that's true, I I I, I haven't checked on that kind of stuff. But there we go. How's it? But like, if Purdue's good, he'll have the numbers, and yes. we'll, and then we're done. You think Edie's going to get worse? I don't think he he's going to get worse. And he was he was. He had a historic season last season. We're we're really swerving back into our Big Ten preview here, but but come on now. And I like Kolek a ton. I got Marquette winning the league, but I think there's just too many good players, too many good teams. The, the, we need to find out before we go too far out on a limb here. We need to find out if uh, Zach Eady's ever had mononucleosis. Mono- uh, Is he at risk of suffering his is, first case I, of mononucleosis I, this January? I did a deep dive on Edie last season. I I have been. Uh, I I do have his his mother's number in my phone. I can yeah. I can text because no text one text Mama Edie. See if you can find out if he's ever had mono. If he has, we're in the clear. I think that's the update people will be waiting on for our SEC preview. Yes, on Friday, it's an Edie mono background check. You remember? You remember when coaches used to talk about COVID this way? They'd be like, yeah, my whole team's already had it. We're good. <laughs> we used to have conversations just, like that. Just privately rooting to get COVID for their team so they didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, hey, guys, it's it's October 1st. Can we go ahead and get COVID out of the way? <laughs> Let's all get in a room together and sneeze on each other. Take your mask off and spit on each other. We've got to get this out of the way. We're tipping off early next month. That was a real thing that was happening all over the country. My version is an exaggeration, <laughs> but that is the way Coach that's how Harris did. would have run his team. That's how. That's what I would have done. I would have had my players in a room spitting on each other. We did our transfer of the year, player of the year, coach of the year. That's a Big East preview, I think. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Huck Blarnell. Thank you guys once again for watching, listening to the Eye on College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere. You subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. More of us. Ryan Kalkbrenner, one of us. He had mono. What do you want from me? I mean, what are we talking about? One of us. He might be the best of us. (laughs) He might be the best of us. He might be the best of us. Make sure that's reflected in the comments. We're going to talk to you again on Friday. Till then, take care. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.